0: This is Weekly Woman by Jubilance for PMS. Okay, so Erin Carey is a registered representative and investment advisor, representative of Securian Financial Services, Inc., Securities and Investment Advisory Services offered through Securian Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. North Star Resource Group is independently owned and operated, 9370 Sky Park Court, Suite 150, San Diego, California, 92123, 5007580, DOFU, 10-2022. Hello, and welcome, Erin. Hi, how are you?
1: I'm great. I've actually been living out of my van for the past week out by the beach.
0: What? Wait, did you convert a van during COVID?
1: No, we bought a converted.
0: Um, Oh. Yes,
1: I traveled and, and got to see a bunch of different national parks. So this past week I was at a training
0: and I woke up every day at the ocean. Oh my gosh! You're just living your best life. That's amazing. I know.
1: Yes, it's it's. I would recommend to anyone. It's a dream. Wait,
0: I need to hear more about this van. So, did you get it during COVID?
1: Uh we got it two years ago. So it's my boyfriend's fiance. We're not. He hasn't asked yet. Um, it's his van. He got it two years ago, and then, you know, I got it by relation. So <laughs> yeah, I'm living the dream.
0: <laughs> wow. That's incredible. Oh my gosh. What has been your favorite national park that you went to with it?
1: Gee. You know, we most recently just went to Yosemite
0: hmm.
1: and it's just stunning. It's Oh
0: my okay. gosh. It's so beautiful. <laughs> All of those trees, like I can't get over it at Half Dome.
1: It makes you feel small, but big. And I, I just love being in the middle of nature. So every once in a while, we'll take it out on the weekends and go up to the mountains near us and wow. going to San Francisco, Big Sur next week. So,
0: oh my gosh, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. So you're living um, me like your very best, like Californian life um you're living in San Diego what what is your favorite part of the city
1: my favorite the beach um you know I had one of those realization moments standing watching the sunset toes in the sand and it never gets old you know Mm. listening to the ocean watching the sunset I feel so blessed to be able to live here and there's some weeks that I don't get to see the ocean or I don't prioritize it. I'm like, why not? (laughs) (laughs) Live here For that reason. And all the animal, the nature. um, Yeah. So it it calms me. It brings me back to my center.
0: It's. Wow. Have you always lived in San Diego?
1: I have not. I grew up mostly in Phoenix, Arizona. And then I went to school down in Tucson, Arizona. U of A, fair down. <laughs> um, and then I ended up moving out after after school. I had moved out to San Diego and I've been here for the past four years.
0: Oh amazing.
1: Time, time flies when you're having fun.
0: Oh my gosh. That's wonderful. So you are definitely one of those like zonies that would come to the beach in the summer. For some reason san diego has this like animosity with arizonans they're like oh the zonies are back but like how could you not come how could you not it i fell in love
1: with the coast i fell in love with the palm trees um arizona is very brown and damn mm. and it's green here and I, I lived for my early childhood on the east coast which is very green and i didn't want to go back to the snow but I wanted mm. some green. So palm trees are that perfect middle middle ground. <laughs> That's perfect.
0: Yeah, but I think Arizona has some of the most beautiful national parks too. Like, oh my gosh. I can't even get over when you see the Grand Canyon. It's just aw- awesome.
1: Also speechless. Yeah. I absolutely love Arizona. I explored all over. And in Tucson, my favorite part is. They have a lot of telescopes, so they have light pollution laws where you don't shine lights up into the sky. So you can mm. see stars, just immaculate, thousands, well, I guess, billions of stars you can see. Uh, it's it's stunning.
0: Wow, that that is so cool. <laughs> and now, can you talk to me a little bit about, like, bringing this, like, beach hippie life into finances. Um, you are uh, you work at Northstar. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what it is?
1: Yeah, great question. So I'll start with Northstar. Uh, they're the firm that I'm aligned with and Northstar is one of the largest and oldest privately held independent financial advising firms. They have 11.3 billion dollars in assets entrusted to them as of January 27th, 2022. Um, And then roots tracing back 110 years. So they've been around for a long time. We work with a lot of clients, we're nationwide and they support me in growing my practice the way that I want to grow it. And I'm independent, which means that I don't have to sell a product. I am able to provide unbiased advice and act in a fiduciary manner. So what fiduciary Mm. means is I have to act in the best interest of my clients. Mm. And for me, the way that I do that is I'm a woman and I don't fit the normal old man with white hair and a stuffy tie, um, you know, persona that a lot of financial advisors have. So I find that I get to relate to my clients. I get to sit on the same side of the table with them. And we get to talk about things that maybe they haven't talked about with anyone else before because finances are very emotional. Um, We have to make a lot of hard decisions, a lot of easy decisions, but sometimes there's a lot involved with it. So being this beach California woman, I bring a very lighthearted, uh, fun energy to the table. So even Mm -hmm. sometimes when it's overwhelming or there's a lot going on, I like to make it fun. I like to make it enjoyable. And I think that for my clients, they really enjoy it and it makes it something that they look forward to rather than, you know, a dread.
0: (laughs) Wow, that sounds amazing because doesn't everyone dread finances? I know I was working on um, my uh, finances this morning um, and I was just like filled with terror to even just open my bank account and like, oh, like what what's what am I going to see, which is not something that you want, but it has such an emotional tie to it of uh, of horror, of terror, of of like need of like of hope. Um, Can you talk a little bit about like how you first got involved um, and how you started to learn about money?
1: Yeah. So I graduated with an engineering degree from school and I learned nothing about finances. I knew credit cards are bad and investing nothing. (laughs) I didn't take any classes on what to do, what's applicable. Um, So when I came out of school, I was making a lot of money as an engineer and I had hired one of my good friends to be my financial planner. And she had educated me on, this is what's going on in the financial world. This is what's applicable to you. And this is what you need to do. And it was Mm. so helpful. And I realized that in this world of engineering that I was in, no one had any idea unless they went out and specifically made the intention to learn about finances. Mm -hmm. So it became very important for me to acknowledge that I had this knowledge that most people in my world didn't have and start spreading that around, start passing that knowledge to other people, which then became, I want to learn more. I want to know more. I love this. And I love teaching people. And you know, the ball kept rolling from there. And I ended up switching industries.
0: Wow. Um,
1: here we are today.
0: That's amazing. I can't believe you went from engineering to finance. And and like you said, like so many people in your in your path, in your engineering track, didn't know about this. But I think that's every career. People don't know and aren't educated about finances, even if you take like economics in high school, they're not teaching, they're teaching you the macro and the micro of like our government's uh economics, but not like the day to day, which people really need. And like especially women to get um to become educated and get out from under just like the like the advisement of their spouse or which can be great, but but also to like have to be able to lead an independent life. Um, which is amazing that you're able to do it and just like educate people from like such a caring and like very low key place, Um, getting people to relax. Um, Can you talk about how you specifically were raised with money?
1: Yeah. So growing up, my mom balanced the checkbooks. My dad made a lot of money Um, with his job. And my mom stayed at home. That was kind of the relationship. So growing up, I knew it was the man's job to make the money. And I had a lot of unlearning to do when I started making money as a woman. Um, A lot of worthiness uh, around that, which was cool to explore. Mm. And so growing up, my parents had great communication, which is something that I don't see as often as I would like to. Um, they had a plan going into it. They communicated where they were at. They talked about, you know, how much money should we set aside for this vacation? And we spent a lot of money on going out last month. Let's talk about that and move forward. So Mm -hmm. one of the things I always talk about with clients is communication is so important. And if you're of man and woman if you're in a relationship um communicate where you're at I've heard of people getting married and they hadn't talked about their financial situation and that that terrifies me and I'm not in the relationship
0: that terrifies me and you just said it
1: oh <laughs> yeah so I've, I've heard these horror stories you know and part of my job is being the being Mediator is a strong word, but being the third party in the relationship to kind of facilitate those conversations, um, and then making sure that conversations are being had long term, because it's not just one conversation you have; it's something that continues on, especially as life changes. Mm-hmm.
0: That that's amazing. That's wonderful that your parents were so communicative and like kind of. Like gave you those tools earlier on to, to know what you wanted with your own partner or just communicating with your like financial advisor, your friend, about what money was. Um, can you talk a little bit about how emotions and finances kind of intermingle um, with like the whole communication aspect?
1: It's a great question. So, I mentioned the training I was at. I was at an NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming Training, which is really the science of how does our brain work? And we have our conscious mind that's running and then our unconscious mind that is constantly running, right? Those habits, how we know how to breathe constantly, right? There's all these underground programs that are running all the time. And some of those programs are the learnings that we got from ages zero to seven, right? In those imprint years. So at the dinner table with your family, when you were that young, we learned what is money? How do we feel about money, What are we spending our money on? And we as adults now don't take the time to acknowledge these programs that are consistently running. We kind of just let them run. So, when it comes to emotions and money, a lot of us have these stories from childhood that are playing out in our day to day life. Um, this could be a fear around money. Maybe we didn't grow up with, with a lot of money, or we had a single parent and there was a lot of stress around that. We remember that and we hold on to that, and it's constantly going. And so, as we're making choices today, we're coming from a place of emotion we're not coming from the place of you mentioned the economics class in high school where we learn it is exact numbers and percentages and we're going to use an excel spreadsheet and everything is perfect
0: Mm
1: -hmm. we have emotions we have feelings we have wants we have needs we have these programs there's a lot underground that's impacting and influencing our decisions that we make every day one of the biggest ones is we live in a keeping up with the Joneses society. We do. We are taught that buying things equals happiness. But when I talk to people about what makes you happy, what's important to you about money, never does anyone say things, stuff. Oh, I love stuff. <laughs> that never comes up. <laughs> so it's... um. It's really important for me to, to educate people on these programs that are running to be able to take a step back and say, well, what is influencing me and mm-hmm. how can I change that if it's not benefiting me?
0: Wow. That's really interesting. I've never thought about it from that perspective. Cause it's almost like, um, like a therapy sort of lens of like what happened to you in your childhood um, but also like what's going on with you now, um, which is really interesting, um, to think about how you were taught about money at the dinner table, which is, which is where we all learned like, Oh, monopoly money might mean something in the real world. Uh, which is, that is so fascinating.
1: It, it fascinates me too. And that's why I just dive, I have dove in Um, The Psychology of Money is a book by Morgan Housel. I would recommend that to anyone who's interested in learning about the psychology around how we think about money. I love that book. It puts it into really simple and easy to understand terms. But my title is, I'm a holistic financial advisor. It's my title. Mm. What I know to be true is that I'm a behavioral counselor. I'm working with behaviors of my clients and the emotional decisions that they're making. And funny enough, uh, some of the therapists that I work with say, this is a lot like some of the sessions I have.
0: (laughs) Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, it it sounds so helpful for everyone to learn about their finances, but also to like kind of dig deep and think, now I'm thinking about it now, Erin, I'm like, oh my God, what did I learn about money? <laughs> but, but, I, but so useful. Um, you also mentioned previously to me that you had two clients that wanted to buy a house um, and it meant two different things to both of them. Can you talk a little bit about that? I found that so fascinating as yeah. to like your unpacking about what, uh, what these two different people wanted
1: a great story. Um, So these are hypothetical clients. So great. We have client A says, I want to buy a house. Great. Client B, I want to buy a house. Let's name them. John and Jimmy. John, we get to explaining. He tells me why he wants to buy this house. And it comes to be that He wants to provide stability and security for his family. Awesome. Now, Jimmy, he says, I want to buy a house too. But what Jimmy meant was my parents told me I have to buy a house and I feel like I'm supposed to because that's what everyone does. But I love traveling and that's what I want to do. So two, John and Jimmy, both said, I want to buy a house. But John and Jimmy meant very different things in saying that. So if they were to have gone through that process of buying the house, it would have been a very different experience for both of them. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, yeah, it does make sense. It's really interesting because uh, just thinking about like the things we all have to check boxes for, buying a house, um, saving for a wedding... Uh, I don't know, saving for the first child, like having children, like what are those finances, but what do we really mean about all of them? Uh, saving for college, um, going to college, going to graduate school. Is that something that we all really want or need? Um, and what, what do we mean by that? Is it just like the stability aspect? That's so fascinating. Um, that. That that you're then able to unpack that and really help people make this desci- the decisions for their financial well-being, but also for like what they want out of life, as opposed to just like these are the boxes that society tells me to check financially.
1: Yes, and right, the imprint that we have. So I find it very important to create a purpose. I love the, the hypothetical. If you were trapped on an island with a $5 million check, you'd probably still die because you don't have water, you don't have food, you don't have shelter, and many of us don't have the skills to stay alive. So money, it doesn't inherently have a purpose. We have to give it a purpose. We have to okay. give it a reason. And if that reason and purpose doesn't really mean something to us, we don't find that fulfillment. Right? If mm-hmm. We keep buying things. We don't really find fulfillment. So it's really important to say, this is the purpose that I'm giving my money so that I can feel fulfilled in my life, in why I'm working. Right? if you mm-hmm. have a business, we have a purpose for that. Well, what about for the money that we're making? Where does that go? What's important about that?
0: Mm-hmm. Wow. That's, that's so interesting. Thinking about money as a purpose. I know I have spent way too much money this month on just like, Oh, that was cute. Or, Ooh, that light is nice. But like, what is the purpose driving me behind these purpose or behind these purchases? Um, I think is a fascinating way to look at this. And then how do you, how do you get to your goals based on that, those financial, um, Changes. They should be going in my like 401k is where where it should be going. I guess. But um, now, Erin, what is something that everyone should be doing right now with their finances?
1: Great question. So the first thing, the most important thing, is to bring awareness. Right, kind of like we've been talking about what are those driving emotions that are forcing you or pushing you to make a decision that you may or may not be conscious about. Mm -hmm. So asking yourself questions, what's important to me about money? Um, What's important to me about purchasing this thing? What purpose is there? And kind of investigating your own awareness of your decision-making strategy and, and the things that you are choosing to to do with your money. So awareness is the first, the first piece. And you mentioned your accounts, not wanting to look at them, but being organized and saying, this is what I have. And to bring an emotion to it that's intentional. Instead of opening your bank account with fear, one of the things that I like to do is I will go open my bank account with the pure intention of just loving what's there and being appreciative of what's there, no matter what the number is. And I don't go in to say, Oh, I'm going to pay bills. And what?" no, I, I'll light a candle. I'll just go on a, on a date, you know, with my money and build that relationship of, I appreciate what I have and we have a purpose together. Mm -hmm. So bringing awareness, building that relationship, And bringing some good, good intentions and emotions to money. Um, I think it's also very important that, you know, I have a full-time job doing what I do and and understanding what's going on in the financial world. So creating a plan and having a team, having someone who is the expert in finances support you. Um, Mm -hmm. Going out and finding someone who's educated to support you while you do your full-time job. Right? every mm-hmm. good business owner knows the value of outsourcing if you're not the expert find someone who is otherwise you're working two full-time jobs and that's unrealistic for for anyone
0: mm-hmm. so
1: bring awareness build good relationship with good emotions create a plan and hire a team and that's mm-hmm. what I
0: would say Thank you, uh, that's really helpful, um, all of those points. I love especially go on a date with your money, um, light a candle, um, wh- which I think is is great to just be able to like what you said, appreciate what's there um, and uh, outsourcing, which is very <laughs> helpful, <laughs> yes. And then I also had a question, um, Because there's a lot of talk of a recession, of world events, of things we can't control in terms of our finances, can you talk a little bit about how we can feel calmer and more secure when it comes to our bank accounts?
1: Absolutely.
0: Um,
1: So I would go back to the plan. When you create a plan, it gives you direction. So you have your purpose at the end, you have your goals, you have your values, And Mm -hmm. you have a plan to get there. And along the way, things are going to happen outside Mm -hmm. of you. Things in the world are going to happen. So when you've got this plan that you created unemotionally from your deeply held values, you know where you're going. You have your, your North Star, right? And when these things outside happen, you can acknowledge them but you don't need to make an emotional decision, right? When Mm -hmm. we have a war going on, if you're making an emotionally charged decision from a place of fear, that's gonna be a very different decision than unemotional or even an emotional decision from a place of, of love. So creating this unemotional plan with a team, knowing where you're going, and saying, I acknowledge that things are going to happen in the world, but I don't need to be influenced by them because I know where I'm going. I have a plan in place and I can adapt if needed. And I don't need to worry. Mm-hmm. The worry and the fear kind of come from outside. You're being screamed at right <laughs> by, the, by the TV. Ah, sell, sell, sell. Or... The world is crashing, everything's on fire. And you're like, it might be, but I feel fulfilled inside. So I'm gonna keep doing what I'm doing. And it makes those decisions a lot easier. And when mm-hmm. your values are clear, when your plan is clear, it makes your decisions very easy.
0: Yeah, that's that's really helpful with deciding on a plan and then pushing towards it, knowing that things will always come like we had a pandemic. How weird. Um, like all kinds of other things recession perhaps war um, but knowing that you're going towards a certain trajectory um, that you at North Star can help us with um, which is great. <laughs> um, uh, I, I'm just curious like talking about future planning, do you have plans for yourself and your trajectory uh, in helping with finances in, in, in your work at North Star?
1: Yes so. A couple things that I see in my future Um, education is very important to me. I believe that empowerment comes from education and engagement. So it's very important to me to create a platform where I get to educate a lot of people um, to provide the knowledge that I have to more than just one person at a time. So I see myself on stage and I love teaching. I love educating. I get that from my mother, which in my future, I also see myself as a mother and that's terrifying and exciting. And I also, you know, have the, had the realization that I think about my clients almost as my children. I get to watch them grow and achieve their goals. And it's, it's very fun for me. So I see myself as a individual, um, financial advisor for a long time, but I also see my platform growing and being able to educate more and more people.
0: Mm -hmm. Wow, that's wonderful. I mean, I feel like everything that we've been talking about, I just want you to shout off the rooftop so everyone can hear. Yeah, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like you were saying from like engineering to this and like you just want to get the word out, um, which I think you can do. Um, and Erin, something that we always ask on this podcast is what is your definition of womanhood?
1: Mm. Womanhood. The first word that comes to me is powerful and strong. I, my inner lioness. Did you know (laughs) that the, the female lion, she goes out and hunts all day and protects the, the pride? So not only is she the nurturing mother, she's the provider and the protector. And yes, so I have my inner lioness and for a little while, the the strength, the power was a little bit, I was a little bit scared of it, but now it comforts me. Um, I know I'm powerful and I know I'm strong and I know the women in my life are too. And being able to support them and help them grow and fan their flames is it's fun I I just enjoy it
0: yeah oh that's wonderful yeah it kind of ties in with everything that you're doing with finances um just as this like lioness protecting and serving and educating which is really cool. That's a great definition. Um, and I know you got a chance to try some jubilance. I don't know what, what you thought about it.
1: Yes, I did. I tried it. thank you so much for sending me some. It's, it's you know, I, being a woman and being taught in my imprint years that it's maybe dirty or you know, we don't talk about this. And that comes with a lot of emotional baggage. So mm-hmm. as I've been working through that, my, my hormones, my physical body, um, my emotions too have been all over the place. And jubilance really helped me, especially over the past month, kind of even those out. And I, I feel great. I, I'll let you know, I was not as angry. There's one day I just feel angry. <laughs> um, so <laughs> that it's, it's been wonderful. I, I really appreciate it. I love what you're doing. And I think it's so important because, um, getting the word out is, is wonderful and being able to support women and provide this for them is, is just so important. So I love, I love what you do. And I love that I get to, to support you and your business and come on here and educate your audience and our community. Um, this has just been splendid for me.
0: <laughs> yes. Thank you so much, Erin. Yeah. We love being able to help women. And so uh, I think like a big part of our our motto at Jubilance is both for um Helping with, of course, the menstrual cycle and like the emotions that run with that. But I think also just educating in general. And so the finance part, especially like this talk about finance and emotions is so tied up together. And um, I feel so much more relaxed actually having talked to you after I was like, oh my God, what have I, what have I spent on this month? Um, And now thinking through, hey, like maybe I should be planning more. Um, and put together a plan so thank you so much for coming on and Erin is there anything else you need to say to our listeners yes so what I'll tell you first is it's easy and it's fun
1: and if you go into it with that mindset it will be easy and fun so ask yourself some questions and and know that you're going to have a good time doing it that's really helpful um, if you want to learn more, my, you can follow me on LinkedIn. My LinkedIn, I have a lot of educational posts that I share and some more information, calculators, what you need to do. So you can find me there. And if anyone listening has been thinking that they want to talk with a financial advisor, they have questions, um, maybe they have an advisor that they're not happy with or it got passed down to them so they didn't get to choose Consultations that we offer are no cost, no obligation. Um, You just get to talk to someone. So if anyone wants to reach out, my phone number is 619 350 8906, or you can reach me by email, which is Erin, period, Carrie, E R I N, period, C A R Y, at NorthstarFinancial.com. Any questions you have, feel free to reach out. I would love to be able to provide more education and support um, and talk about maybe if our team could help provide value to your situation. And I talked about the financial plan. So separate from the financial plan and our role as a financial planner is that I may recommend the purchase of specific investment or insurance products or accounts These product recommendations are not part of the financial plan and you are under no obligation to follow them. So I like to be unbiased. I like to provide the education, like to provide the support. And really at the end of the day, I wanna make sure that those around me and my community feels empowered. So I appreciate you, Alice, so much for having me on and providing me this opportunity to come share some of my knowledge. It's It's been a delight. And
0: yeah, thank you. Yes, thank you so much, Aaron. And I'm just going to read your um, info from the top. So Aaron Carey is a registered representative and investment advisor, representative of Securian Financial Services, Inc., securities and investment advisory services offered through Securian Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. North Star Resource Group is independently owned and operated, 9370 Sky Park Court, Suite 150, San Diego, California, 92123, 5007580, DOFU, 10-2022.